Gonzaga has had a very successful transfer portal season, but is it the best in the WCC? And which conference opponents have struggled with transfers this spring? We'll tell you all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? Welcome to the Locked On Zags Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college. And when you enter the promo code Locked On College, they will throw in free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. All right, folks, today we are ranking each of the nine, count them nine, I know it sounds weird, WCC teams without BYU in terms of transfer portal comings and goings. So what we're going to do today, three per segment, talk about each team in the WCC who they have added in the transfer portal, and who they have lost in the transfer portal. The rankings is based solely on transfer portal stuff. So we're not looking at recruits. We're not necessarily looking at graduations, just what they have done in the portal, although we will talk about what the decisions they've made and how they maybe are impacted by other things that are happening on their roster. Cool. All right, let's get right into it. We're going to start at the top. We're not going to do nine to one. We're going to start at the top with the best transfer portal group of any team in the WCC. Drum roll. It's the Zags. We're starting with the Zags. Uh, you'll notice a theme here as we look at teams that have done the most improvement in the transfer portal, teams that have maybe had the biggest losses in the transfer portal. It's not too shocking uh, in terms of the order that you would expect based on the order of performance. Uh, it's not entirely the case. St. Mary's is not second. For example, they're not even in the top four. Uh, certainly some of the teams at the bottom are actually some of the teams that you wouldn't expect to necessarily see at the bottom. But for the most part, uh, good teams tend to do better in the transfer portal than bad teams. Not exactly revolutionary information here in our second year of this transfer portal madness. So we're starting with the Zags. Of course, the Zags have added three players in the transfer portal in Steel Venters out of Eastern Washington, Graham E.K., from Wyoming and Ryan Nempard from Creighton. We will continue to have more and more on those players throughout the summer as we look at what that is going to look like for them fit-wise on the roster. The Zags have added three and also lost three in the portal. Many teams are not even in that regard. The Zags are as they've lost Hunter Salas and Efton Reed, both to the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest as well as Dominic Harris to LMU, who we will speak about momentarily. Uh, That's the transfer portal updates for Gonzaga. I think you have to consider this a win in almost exclusively because of Ryan Nembhard. He's such a dynamic player and adds such a key element to what Gonzaga needs next year and a a steady point guard, a veteran who can kind of handle those legitimate point guard duties, gives them a little bit more ball handling, somebody who can have the ball in their hands that's not just Drew Timmy. He's a very good outside shooter. This is a tremendous addition for Gonzaga. Graham E.K. is not a full-on replacement for Drew Timmy, but a a high-usage player down on the block. Uh, Steel Venters, I think, can be a a really good sharp shooting player for Gonzaga in that role. It's really tough to lose Hunter Salas. Uh, Efton Reed and Dominic Harris are not, not easy players to replace either. I think they both have their upside, but I I think you have to consider the three players coming in as a win over the three players who are going out, uh, especially when you consider what Gonzaga really needed on this roster. 
Of course, Gonzaga has other roster implications that we've talked about recently. Is Anton Watson coming back? We know Drew Timmy and Julian Strother are not coming back. We're not sure. On Malachi Smith, they also have a, a couple of incomer, incoming players in Dusty Stromer and Alex Tui, and of course, Yo, who is not technically a newcomer this year because he joined the team uh, during the spring semester, but is going to be playing for the first time this season as well. Number two, the second most productive team in the transfer portal out of the WCC. Again, so far, nobody else can enter the transfer portal, which is why this is the timing for this. But teams will continue to add players. There's there's thousands of players still to be added. And when that's all said and done, maybe in September, October, we may revisit this with any new additions that have happened since then. But number two, after Gonzaga and the WCC is Stan Johnson and the LMU Lions making up. They had a good season last year, first team and only team to ever beat Gonzaga, BYU and St. Mary's in the same season as a WCC opponent. They have added five and lost five. So again, I'm trying to, to base this not just on the most productive incoming class, but compared to who you lose and especially teams in the WCC, they're often losing players because some of the best talent wants to move up to a higher level. Now, for LMU, I think that the additions significantly outweigh the losses here. The biggest losses for them, Jalen Anderson, who transferred to Ball State. He averaged about 10 points per game last year. Chance Stevens transferred to Maryland. That's one of your mid-major to high-major moves. Stevens averaged six points as a freshman, shot 37% from deep. Those are your two big losses for LMU. Their other losses... Kwani Marble, he went to Niagara. Keon Nader and A.J. Williams have not committed yet. Not really big losses, guys who didn't really play big roles. So you're effectively looking at two legitimate rotation guys who are out the door. And then you're looking at five incoming players, all who I think are going to play. You have Justice Hill coming in from LSU. He'll average 5.6 points and 2.7 assists last year. Not the most, not numbers that jump off the page, but he was really productive for a high major program in LSU last year. I think he's going to be a big piece for what LMU tries to do next season. Justin Wright comes over from NC Central. He averaged 16 and five last year, shot 41 and a half percent from deep. Will Johnston comes over from UTRGV, Rio Grande Valley. He started his year as, started his career as a JUCO player, then spent some time at RGV. Now he comes to LMU after averaging 14 and a half points on 44% shooting from deep. So they are adding some sharp shooters in the transfer portal. They also had a big enlarged theme in from Cal high major player averaged nine and a half points and five rebounds to get a guy who averaged 10 and five at a high major program to bring them to LMU. That is a huge addition. Yes. Cal was very bad last year, but this is still a really nice class. And we didn't even mention Dom. And then you have Dominic Harris, who comes in a little bit more questionable on exactly what his role is going to look like just because we haven't seen him uh, in the last couple of years at Gonzaga, in part because of injury last year, just because he got buried on the bench behind the rest of Gonzaga's backcourt. But Dom's a guy who's really ready to prove himself, ready to show that he's capable of playing at this level. And I think if they unleash him and give him some legitimate freedom, he he could be a, a big piece for them as well. So to me, LMU losing two key players, adding five guys who all have the capability of playing right away for this team. This is a really big win for LMU. And I was very close to moving them over Gonzaga and considering this the best recruiting class, uh, transfer portal class in the WCC. Number three of our nine teams in the WCC, we are going to talk about the Dons of San Francisco. And San Francisco actually lost more than they gained. They've lost three players in the transfer portal so far this offseason, or I guess total, 
this offseason. Only one who really was a big contributor, that was Zane Meeks. And, and don't get me wrong, Zane Meeks is a tough loss for them. He was a, a big-time contributor for them in the front court. He goes to Arizona State, another mid-major, jumping up to that Power 5 level. However, their other two losses, Bryce Whitaker and Jonas Visser, not huge losses for them. They, of course, are losing Khalil Shabazz to graduation, which is a huge loss for them. But I really like the two additions San Francisco made in the transfer portal. They've added Jonathan Magbo from Missouri State, who was a JUCO guy who then went to Missouri State and averaged eight and seven, a guy who I think comes in and gives them big minutes in the front court right away, helps replace Meeks. And then Malik Thomas. Malik Thomas comes from USC. He only averaged two and a half points per game at USC last year, but he is a sophomore who has two years of eligibility remaining, and he was a former top 100 prospect. This is a big addition for Chris Gerlofson and the Dons. I'm really excited to see what Malik Thomas can do at USF. I think he's a guy who can step into a lead guard role for them the way that Shabazz did, the way that Jamari Bouye did, uh, the way that uh, the Washington State kid Ty- Tyrell Roberts, there it is, uh, what he did with them last year. I think they have the opportunity to really uh, turn Malik Thomas into a really good player uh, in the WCC level at San Francisco. Well, Santa Clara lost Carlos Stewart to LSU, but hear why they are still one of the WCC's big transfer portal winners coming up after a word from today's sponsor, Bird Dogs. Look, let me tell you guys about Bird Dogs because as we move into the summer and short season, and look, I don't know where you all are, but I'm on the West Coast in the Oregon area, and it is 90 degrees this week. It is hot, 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 and I just got myself a pair, a couple pairs of Bird Dogs for the first time, and usually I just wear basketball shorts. I'm not too concerned about the look of the shorts that I'm wearing, but I actually look forward to the days when I can wear these bird dogs because they are so comfortable. They fit so well. They feel great when I'm wearing them. The stretchy fabric is so comfortable. It's much more comfortable than my other shorts, than my other pants. I also love it because they kind of work in in all different types of environments. I can wear them to work. I can wear them out to on a date with my wife if I wanted to. I can wear them to the swimming pool. I can wear them golfing, disc golfing. They're super practical. It gets really, really hot in here. I'm recording my second podcast of the morning here, and this room gets hot, and I can wear them in here. The comfortable liner makes them feel cooler. It allows me to focus more on the show. So if you want to feel the same, go to birddogs.com slash college. And when you enter the promo code LockedOnCollege, they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. Bird Dogs, proud sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. Folks, I want to thank all of you, especially you everyday listeners, for making Rock On Zags your first listen of the day. Uh, this week, as this week continues, we're going to continue to look at some transfer portal targets for Gonzaga. We may have them as the top team in the WCC so far, but they may not be done making additions, depending what happens with Malachi Smith and Anton Watson. We'll, of course, continue to keep you updated on the Zags at the NBA Draft Combine, Drew Timmy and Julian Strother, and what that looks like for them. Here, Locked On Zags, don't miss out. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you have not done so yet. All right, four, five, and six here for the WCC transfer portal rankings. Again, not necessarily looking at this whole scope of the offseason, just what each of these teams have done up to this point in the transfer portal. I had Santa Clara fourth here. Santa Clara was a really tough team for me to judge because they lost a ton of talent in the transfer portal, like a lot, and they lost Brandon Podzimski to the NBA draft, but they also added a lot of talent. And while I'm not a hundred percent confident that they added more talent than they lost. I still kind of find them in this middle area where it's like, it's, it's kind of a wash. It's close. The biggest loss for them is Carlos Stewart. 
He goes to LSU, replaces Justice Hill, who transferred to LMU. That's kind of the weird pipeline going on there. Stewart was a really big-time contributor for Santa Clara last year alongside Podzimski to lose both those guys is really tough. They also lose Jaden Bediaco, the older brother of Charles Bediaco, the star center for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Jaden goes to Seton Hall to play with Shaheen Holloway in the Big East. Parker Braun transferred out after two years at Santa Clara. He goes to Kansas, where he's going to play at the same school as his brother Christian Braun started at before going to the NBA and now with the Denver Nuggets. They also lose Jordan Williams to Montana and Jacob Holt to Sacramento State. First three are really the big losses for them, but losing Stewart, Bediaco, and Braun is a tough pill to swallow if you are a Broncos fan. But good news, they've also added five players in the transfer portal. And there's optimism about every single one of the guys that they added, which is why they sit still relatively high on this list. First up for them is Francisco Cafaro, who was a big man from Virginia, seven-foot guy. He had limited production in four years at Virginia, but he's a veteran guy, four years of experience in the ACC under Tony Bennett. And you can land that guy at Santa Clara for a final season. That is a nice get for them. I'm excited to see what he can do with a more featured role offensively and more minutes per game. They also add Johnny O'Neill out of the American, or out of American University, excuse me, O'Neal, 11.3 points, 6.6 boards last year, shot 39% from deep. They also had Adama Ball from Arizona. That's a big addition for them. French guard, really high upside, never found the minutes to play consistently at Tommy Lloyd's team with Arizona. Uh, now he comes to Santa Clara. I think this is a really fun, again, we've seen the Broncos do this low major, or excuse me, players who, I hate this phrase, who transfer down. Uh, to a to a smaller school and, and Brandon Podzemski was the kind of catalyst for that comes from Illinois average one point per game at Illinois average 20 points per game last year and is now going to be a, a, a draft pick this year in the NBA ball same kind of thing six foot six French guard long athletic could be a big time contributor for Herb Sendek and the Broncos they also had two more additions in uh, Tyree Bryan from Charleston Southern and Jalen Benjamin from Mount St. Mary's, uh, both double digit scores. Brian's a former Juco guy who averaged 10 and a half and five and a half with Charleston Southern. Benjamin averaged 16 and 3.8 assists last year at Mount St. Mary's. He's a career 12.7 points per game, spent two years at UAB, very, very solid program there. Also spent two years at Mount St. Mary's, has been a career 37% three point shooter on four and a half attempts per game. So to me, Santa Clara, they're adding a low post threat, an offensive and defensive player in Kefaro. They're adding multiple double-digit scores on the wing in O'Neal and Brian and Benjamin, guys who can all shoot it from deep. And then they add a very intriguing potential star prospect in Adama Ball. That's a huge success in the transfer portal for Santa Clara. Yes, they lose three big contributors in Braun and Bediaco and Stewart, but I think they've done a lot more to help their team, and I'm excited to see what Santa Clara can do next season. Number five is the Gales of St. Mary's, and here's the, de here's the deal. Here's the deal, folks. This is where we split it. There is a huge divide after the top five, which we had as Gonzaga, LMU, San Francisco, Santa Clara, and now St. Mary's. There's a huge divide between those five and the bottom four. All four teams after this unequivocally have lost in the transfer portal. They have lost more players. They have lost more talent than they have gained. St. Mary's represents the middle and the divide quite simply because they have not done anything. They have not lost players to the transfer portal. They have not gained players to the transfer portal. Now, St. Mary's has lost Kyle Bowen and Logan Johnson. Kyle Bowen's going to sign overseas in Australia. Logan Johnson is out of eligibility. They do have a recruit coming in in Andrew McKeever. 
So I'm not sure that San, San Marys is better than they were last year. They still continue to show up on pre, way too early preseason top 25s. I think the uh, optimism around a backcourt with Alex Dukas and, of course, Aiden Mahaney, Mitchell Saxon coming back. I think this team is – there's a lot of optimism around this team and for good reason, but they just haven't done anything in the transfer portal. That's not, nothing wrong with that. Certainly wouldn't be upset if I was a St. Mary's fan. You, you got to find a way to replace the defensive instincts of Bowen and that offensive style of Logan Johnson. But uh, I think this has been – it's been a wash for St. Mary's up to this point, but again, they slot in at fifth because the next four teams, Oh boy, they have not done much to help themselves. Number six on this list is Pepperdine. And honestly, six, seven, eight, and nine, you could probably order them a lot of different ways. Uh, Pepperdine I put here because I like the addition that they have made, but they have made one addition in the transfer portal and they have lost four players. And that is not including Maxwell Lewis, who, of course, is in the NBA draft process, has been mocked as high as the late lottery uh, in the first round 20s conversation, could end up being in the second round, but is certainly not coming back to Pepperdine. He is gone. You also lose Mike Mitchell, who transfers to Minnesota after two great years for Lorenzo Romar and the Waves. You lose Carson Basham, who transfers to Northern Arizona. You lose Jan Zedek, who was a starter for, or for Pepperdine, not last year, but the year before that played a big role coming off the bench last year for this team as well. He transfers to Chattanooga for his final year of college eligibility. So you lose three guys who played a significant role. You also lose Miyak Deng, uh, but still three guys who played a big role. Mike Mitchell, who's one of the best players on this team. And your only addition so far is one that I like, which is Ethan Anderson. Ethan Anderson began his college career at USC. He transferred to Wyoming last year, averaged eight points, 4.3 boards and three assists per game. He's a solid replacement for Mike Mitchell. Pepperdine still has Houston Millette as well. So you have Millette and Ethan Anderson in that backcourt. I think that's solid, but you lose Maxwell Lewis on the wing. You lose Basham and Zedek on the front court, and you haven't made any other replacements there. They do have a trio of recruits coming in, Nils Cooper, Eric Maywin, and Martin Gumwell, but none of those guys are ranked. Uh, it's unclear if any of them are going to have a big role right away. So once again for Pepperdine, Team that was not good last year loses a few of the talented players already on the roster, makes a nice addition in Ethan Anderson. But at the end of the day, this team still has some work to do if they want to climb out of that WCC seller. But we're going to close out the show looking at three WCC teams that, well, they, their teams have gotten worse. There's no other way to say it. These, these are teams that have gotten worse in the transfer portal. There are still time for them to make adjustments. And is there hope for improvement? That's what we're going to talk about coming up right after this. At segment three, still the path is still Locked On Zags. It's still WCC Wednesday here on the Locked On Zags podcast. And what we are doing is discussing all nine teams in the West Coast Conference and whether they have improved or not improved their team using the NCAA transfer portal specifically. I just spoke about how the first five teams all either improved or more or less stayed the same. And the bottom four teams, which included Pepperdine, who we just spoke about, have not done much to help their team. And we're going to talk about these three other teams that have had a pretty rough offseason so far in the transfer portal. Number seven, and again, you could probably order these teams a lot of different ways, but I'm going to pick Portland at seven. Uh, the Pilots, they've lost six players. Six guys have entered the NCAA transfer portal from this team. All but one of them have so far committed. They only have one newcomer. Anytime that you are down five guys from where you started just via the transfer portal, it's hard to have you as an overly positive team. And beyond that, four of these guys were, were pretty big contributors for Shantae Leggins. Shout out Shantae Leggins, by the way. He got an extension from UP. He's going to be with them through 2027, 2028. That is a really nice decision by AD Scott Lakeham to get 
UP inked to a deal with Shante Leggins for the long term because he is a very, very good coach. But this has not been a good run through the portal so far for him. They lost Moses Wood, who was arguably their second best player last year, uh, a guy who could have been, an, I think he was actually an all-WCC second teamer. He goes to the University of Washington, which is a very fun fit for him. Alden Applewhite was kind of a do-it-all wing player for them, came off the bench but contributed significantly. He goes to Murray State. Mike Meadows entered the transfer portal, initially committed to LMU, decommitted from LMU, and now goes to Cal. So he moves up to the Power 5 level in an admittedly not very good Cal program. They also lose Chica Naduka to Montana State and Wyatt Lowell to Chaminade and Jarrett Bryant, who has not committed anywhere yet. So that's six guys out the door for the Pilots of Portland. Their only addition so far comes from Lamar. That is Yuto Yamanuchi-Williams. He was a good player at, at Lamar last year, 7.7 rebounds, 21 and a half minutes per game. He's a big fella. I think he's going to be a, a nice contributor for the Pilots, but you lose six guys and you lose four guys who played significant minutes. They have a recruit coming in, Vincent Delano. He's a six foot one point guard from Compass Prep. Uh, maybe he helps alleviate the concerns of Mike Meadows. They have Juan Paul Garacito, who was a really nice freshman for them last year, international kid. He steps into a bigger role for the Pilots, but at the end of the day, it's going to be hard to replace Wood and Applewhite and Naduka, and so far they haven't made much strides in making replacements for those guys. I think they will, but right now it's been a bit of a rough start for Shantae this offseason. Next up, the Toreros of San Diego, Steve Lavin's squad here. Uh, they have not added anybody in the transfer portal. So there's nothing to judge there because they have not made those additions. They do have a pair of recruits coming in. Kevin Patton, a six foot six guard who's ranked 149th at 24 seven sports. It is rare for teams not named Gonzaga or St. Mary's to land ranked recruits out of high school. Steve Lavin, of course, has a long pedigree of recruiting success. So it's not surprising to see that tick up a little bit for them. They also led add Jimmy Oladukum, uh, six foot eight wing forward type there. So they have a couple guys coming in as freshmen, but they have no transfers coming in and they have three guys out there, excuse me, four guys out the door. Three of them, maybe not huge contributors, Jeremiah Niarco, Bolkur, and Alex Garcia, who's going to write state. But the big loss for them is Jaden Delaire. Jaden Delaire came over from Stanford, was one of those big additions that uh, Coach Lavin made, along with Eric Williams, who played a solid season at San Diego, but has now graduated. So that's another loss for the Toreros. Delaire, injuries really curtailed his one, his one season at San Diego. Injuries curtailed his career at Stanford as well. He's just a guy who has not been able to stay healthy, but now he's back in the portal San Diego has to find a way to replace him. And so far, they haven't made any moves in that regard up to this point. Finally, we close it out, even though this team has made an addition in the portal, which should, in theory, put them ahead of San Diego. Uh, they've lost a lot of talent. And that is, of course, the Tigers of Pacific, a team that has had so much trouble trying to get out of the Pac-12, or excuse me, the WCC seller, a team that has remained at the bottom since they joined the conference. Uh, and you're just wanting to see some progress here, wanting to see this team kind of climb out of this hole. And I got to be honest, it's, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Four players have entered the transfer portal out of Pacific. One of them is Keelan Boone, who was their leading scorer last year. He's transferred to UNLV. He was a, a multiple-time uh, starter at Oklahoma State, came to, to Pacific, didn't play. He had some injury issues, but when he did play, he was their leading scorer. And now he's out the door to UNLV. Their second leading scorer last year was guard Jordan Ivy Curry. Guess what? He has also entered the transfer portal. He is going to UTSA, Texas, San Antonio. They also lose Sam Freeman and Cam Denson. 
to the transfer portal as well. They also lost Luke Avdavalich, excuse me, who was their third leading scorer last year. So Keelan Boone, Jordan Ivy Curry, Avdalovich all out the door for the Tigers of Pacific. They have made one addition in the transfer portal, but it's not a big one. It's Burke Smith. Burke Smith comes over from Boise State, coach Leon Rice and the Broncos. He played 14 games in two years with the Broncos, 3.4 minutes and one point per game. Maybe, maybe there's something the staff here sees here. Maybe there's something they like about him. Maybe they recruited him out of high school uh, and are, are wanting to get him back into the system. I'm not going to judge uh, looking at his stats. I'm not going to pretend that that tells the entire story here. Uh, but I, when you lose your three leading scorers and the best addition you've made up to this point is a guy who scored one point per game in 14 games at Boise State. It's fair to wonder if there is much optimism for this team to continue to grow and improve. Again, there's still thousands of players in the transfer portal. Perhaps Pacific can land one or two decent mid-major guys or even high-major guys to come down and play in this program. But so far, they've had a really hard time building sustained success in the basketball court. And the early returns of this offseason, as we're recording here in mid-May, are not super promising for those Tigers. Well, again, we're going to redo this again months and months from now when the transfer portal has fully died down, when there's not thousands of players still waiting for teams. Who knows? Portland could go out and land a couple of really big-name guys. Uh, maybe Pacific will shock us and add somebody big. Heck, maybe St. Mary's will make an addition. You, you don't know. There's still lots of time left. I love tracking the transfer portal. You all, everyday listeners, know that I love tracking the transfer portal, so we will continue to do so, not just for Gonzaga, but, of course, for the rest of the conference as well. That's going to do it for me today, though. Don't forget to check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. If you have not done so yet, you can subscribe to that on YouTube. We are very close to 1,000 subscribers on that show. We would love to get there. So if you are a listener of Locked On College Basketball, even if you've only listened once, please go hit that subscribe button. You can also do so for Locked On Zags as well. More fun stuff coming your way later this week as we continue to look at the NBA Draft Combine and the Transfer Portal and how it impacts Gonzaga for next season coming up later this week. For now, though, as always, go Zags.